Welcome to Giving Head, the podcast. Wondering what head stands for? What H is for happiness, E for empowerment, and D for development. This is the podcast that will discuss topics from the 40-year-old perspective. This is where we will help to navigate you through this new chapter of your life. I'm your host, Sherry, and my co-host is named Kim. To join this community, push the subscribe button to get all the latest head episodes. And to help our head message grow, don't forget to rate us and leave a comment as well. Find us on Instagram and Facebook at Giving Head. H-E-D. Now let's get into it. Hey, Head Tribe. Today is my birthday. Yes, very excited. I am always excited about my birthday, but not only that. I am also sharing it with fathers because today is Father's Day. And this is a special episode that Kim and I were very excited to do. The father that we chose was Michael Furbit, also known as Furby to most in Bermuda. Now, I met Michael probably about six or seven years ago through my significant other, and they are very close friends. So we spent a lot of time with Michael and his girlfriend, Dell at the time, who's now his wife. And we would have get-togethers. We would have heated discussions, sometimes very um, strong disagreements. But we spent Christmas together, New Year's, and they're also our traveling buddies. I have watched Michael transform from the person that I met to someone who evolved to become a better friend, a better husband, and especially a better father. Michael has four children and he is 39 years old. In this episode, he discussed how at 23, he had two children nine months apart. He tells us how women can raise good men and that time with your children is way more important than anything in the world. Michael is very open and transparent in this episode. Now, if you are a father, then I am sure that this episode will resonate with you. I suggest you sit back, take it all in, because this is a good episode. Welcome to Giving Head, the podcast. Excited about this episode. This is our male edition, our man edition, our gentleman edition. But today it's our father edition. And yes, we have Michael Furbit who has joined the podcast for us today. Hi, Michael. Hi, Shay. Hi, Michael. Hi, Kim. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm so excited, too. So I'm going to have Kim kick off the questions, and we're going to get right into it. So, Michael, tell us a little about your background. Where are you from? I'm from Bermuda. When I was in Southampton. Mm-hmm. I'm 39. I'm not quite 40, so I don't know if this this is applies to me. <laughs> <laughs> it does because the podcast is all about going into your 40s, in your 40s, and coming out of it. So it applies. You're in the right space. <laughs> yes, it does. Yes, it does. But no, your mom. Yeah, I'm from Bermuda, born and raised in Southampton. Went to work secondary school. Yeah. Um, after I finished work. Uh, went off to Alabama Technical College and got an electrical certificate. Went back in and I done electrical 18 years. I have four children, married to a beautiful wife, Keisha Farvid. 
Yeah, that's pretty much it. You know, it's me. <laughs> no, I'm sure there's more to you than that. And we're going to pull it out. <laughs> well, Farby, tell us what? about how your upbringing helped you grow into the person that you are today. And I've known you for probably now six, seven years. So I know some of the answer to that question, but for those who are tuning in, tell us about your upbringing. Raised by my mother, just me and my mother for like 15 years. And then she got married and had my brother. They say women can't raise men. That's not true. I don't agree with that. Yeah. Thank you, Furby. My granny was a, a big influence in my life. To be honest, I don't have no uncles. I've got all aunts. So, you know, I was pretty much raised by women. Tell us about how was it to be raised by all women? I think it was good when I say that, you know, growing up, I had a strong black mama. When I say that, a lot of my decisions that I did, um, a lot of my decision makings were based off of my mother being scared or what's going to be the outcome or the consequences for my actions from my mother. You know, having a strong black mother and so I didn't even really get much licks. Just the look and the, <laughs> I remember being punished by not being able to go outside, you know, growing up in Bermuda back then. Everything was about getting outside. So, mom, you know how women are, they communicate. So I leave, they're going to my auntie's house and then my auntie's wrenching me about something that I may have done because she spoke to my mom about it. And you know how it gets. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. But how did that influence even your relationships now? I want to say, you know where I may lack as a man or not having a man in my life? Being soft. And when I say soft, emotional. Mm. And then very caring and um, rational. Um, you find that you are very rational, very caring, very emotional. That's stemming from yes. around women. I believe so, yes. Not having that male figure, even that male voice. You know, like I said, it was me and my mom for 15 years, and then she got a husband. I mean, got a, you know, she got married and had my brother and stuff. And it was different even being in a house with a man. Like, mm -hmm. even sitting to the table for dinner, I would be uncomfortable because it's a man here or something they weren't used to. Not uncomfortable to the fact that I couldn't do it, but when you did do it, put it like this, sir. We weren't at the table and it was just me, my mom, and my brother. It was a totally different feeling of being comfortable. So I, I remember that. Okay. But just, I don't feel I'm weak or, you know, I feel I might have looked at as weak and soft and stuff by different things I might have done when I was younger, which might have made me why I'm so, I don't want to say angry, but I could be very aggressive as I got older. And then you start to realize a lot of the people that feel that you're weak and you're soft or whatever, you know how ideas growing up. They're really the weak and soft ones. It's a lot mm -hmm. of pretending. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Tell us what age you became a father. I had my eldest daughter, Zeta, at 23. And then I had Zion will be my oldest son. I had him nine months later. 
Yeah, September, <laughs> the same year. So I were, I were a good boy. Okay. Maxi. 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 Okay. And at 23, two babies, nine months apart, how was that adjustment? Like, how was that to handle two to at be honest, Kim, I, I remember it being very stressful. When you said, I think when I was involved and in it and going through it, it weren't as bad as probably how I look when I look back now and like, and especially space on me and now, and I see how, what I was putting myself through and what I just, everything that went through, you know, that trying to be at two places at the same time, keep both um, mothers happy. You know, right. a lot of times, the child's fine, but the mothers are the ones that you run around trying to please. Okay. Right. And how was that being a father of two at 23 and not having a father of your own to show you what to do? How were you able to make the transition? To be honest, Sherry, I'm being very active in all my children's life. And I think that is because I didn't have my father in my life. Mm-hmm. So when I had Zion, my son, I remember the feeling and it was like, I remember being like, my daddy didn't feel like this about me. Like it's a feeling, especially a man having the first son or the, the, you know, the son is a very powerful feeling that I can't explain. You would have to be a man and have your own son to know exactly what I'm talking about. But I know from having that feeling and not having a father, I think is why I've been the type of father I have been. And again, I had him at 23. So for a good bit of their life, I was still young. So I probably weren't the best. I know for a fact that I weren't the father that I am today. But back then, I was a lot better than a lot of other fathers. And I just feel that I weren't what the mothers expected me to be at 23 years old. I just want you to know that I had a whole vision of Mufasa holding up Simba when you said that. The feeling of a man having a child. I know that's kind of like juvenile, but that's like kind of what I saw in my mind when you said that. Just oh. being so proud to have him. And also you gave me chills and goosebumps when you said that. I'm trying to hold back one tear right here. Well, I, I'm holding the other and I, I totally agree. Yes, it is something to say about that. I was young, you know, I was 23. I now recognize that I weren't even the father, I probably weren't, wasn't the father that the mother wanted me to be, or I weren't living up to or doing what they expected me to be doing. But now I realize I weren't even doing what I thought was a fight at my age today. You know, at 23, I was still worrying about, I have my children Wednesdays and every other weekend. So, and that's what it was. It weren't, oh, let me go get them, her, or this day, or, you know, the mothers need me to watch them. I had excuses to do what I needed to do. I was 23. I was still out in the street partying. You know how I be when you're young. Wow. And so, what could you have done differently? Back then? Mm-hmm. Because I know you have four children now. So, when did, when did yeah, you start? I, and, I, I, I and- turned around and had another one. <laughs> and what uh, age yeah. were you when you had your third child? 2006. What would that make me? 26. Okay, so you were three years older mm-hmm. with three. So even with that, the three year difference, do you see yourself have been a different parent at that point as well? Three years later, Kim? No. I was still 
what a lot of people would say weren't about myself and still up in my life and not realizing that your life stops and changes once you have a child. Okay. Like it's no longer about you. Yes, you got to find the time for yourself, but that's hard. When I had her, because that was my second daughter in 2006, I may have been a little better, but I still weren't saddled for one. As far as women in my life or a woman in my life, I still weren't saddled and still weren't about partying and traveling and everything else. Okay. Wow. And so what would you wish you could do or have done differently with being a father of three? And what would you have done differently? And then talk to about us how you then became a father of four. To be honest, when I think about it, Sherry, I don't think I'd have done nothing different, if you understand what I mean. When I say that, I think everything's in time, and it was a learning experience for me. And what did I really do wrong? Outside of, again, when I say what did I do wrong, I look now, and I couldn't have been a father than I was. That don't mean I was a bad father. Mm. So as far as to say, what would I do different? Okay, hypothetically speaking, if I knew what I knew now, I'd have probably spent more time with him. Okay. I do recognize and understand it's a space that you have to be in to do a lot of what I do today when it comes to my children. And when I say that, I'm strictly talking about time. Like today, everything's like, I get my enjoyment and my fun out of doing what the children want to do. Okay. And watching them. So if they want to go bailing, you know, bailing ain't anything to me, but I would, I ain't got to go bailing with the boys or go out to the club with the boys. I prefer to go bailing with the children and watch them have fun. Well, coming into, um, it was about 2010 that I met my wife today. And through selling down and getting, again, being stable and, settling down and not worrying about chasing women or being out in the street or missing something that's going on in the clubs and a lot of that changed for me like in 2010 when i met my wife and it was different it was something i had never experienced before when it came to a woman how we connect you know how we click we're both opioids born november 12th i'm born november 13th a lot of our likes are the same. You know, a lot of things about us are the same. And that's the first time I ever really experienced that. So like we all know in relationships, a lot of people who have differences based off of upbringing or what they like and what they don't like. And that's one problem that we don't have, like a lot of relationships. Mm. Because we seem to like the same stuff. And I'm talking about being shopping with her in New York for the first time and walking into a store really lying to pay is long. The people in there is a lot of people. And I ain't got people pressing. I don't want to be in those <laughs> trying to straighten the line for hour to pay for it. And you know, I'm just getting to know her and we're going on this trip together. She happens to be the exact same way and we walk out together both happy. <laughs> I've been in other relationships, that wouldn't happen. <laughs> you know, Probably not. <laughs> you know, that alone. It's some of the things that I don't have to deal with in relationships that other people do. If you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No, I was gonna say just becoming settled and getting a fully committed relationship, my whole heart and everything into it 
it caused me to have more time for my children because I weren't there nowhere and I weren't doing nothing. And so, you know, they wanted to come up the house, come on. Like nothing weren't a problem. The mothers may have even took advantage of it. Because if they wanted to go out and all that, whatever they wanted to do, yeah, that's something. Come on, sign them up. It's not a problem. And so with meeting, um, you gained a bonus son. And so how has that transition been? It was great, actually. When, you're right. When I did get involved with Dow, she had a three-year-old Lano. But I think him being three years old and me being in his life from then up until now and his 13 was a lot made it a lot easy because like he kind of grew up with me mm-hmm. as well as my youngest daughter's three years old so that my children came around him and the youngest one clicked and the, the boy my son you know it's just one happy everything just was like it was meant to be everything fell into place mm-hmm. <laughs> yes it did i'll say it but it, 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 it was rough i was never the way i was today right i admit that but that's the journey Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it is a journey. So the podcast is called Giving Hair, Giving Happiness, Empowerment, and Development. So you as a father, tell me about what is your, or how did you find your happiness, empowerment, and development today? You said you're a totally different person from the 23-year-old Michael to the now 39-year-old Michael. (laughs) (laughs) That's like 40. (laughs) <laughs> he, he, he was nicely he, he nicely wanted to throw that out there I'm not 40 yet, no, not 40 yet. <laughs> but you're in your 40th year <laughs> yes yeah, I credit a lot of my turning around to my wife mm. and when I say that it wasn't nothing that like what intervention and we sat down and those things I needed to work on and change just getting involved with her and the feeling, again, it was a feeling. Like, I'm at other friends that are running these streets with me, and I'm running these streets and meet somebody, and next thing you know, they're going. Right. I'm like, hey, we've been together with this, you know, some woman just, now I understand it. You know, yeah. when that happened to me, I got to understand it. And I tell a lot of guys today, it's a feeling. Like, it's a feeling. And you just go with it. Like, I've done a lot of things that I wouldn't have done before when it comes to um, women. Mm. and trust and and when I say that I'm talking about simple stuff like having your own job and your own money you know the we um Lana uh, we are struggling with school for Lana the youngest one children always wanted to live abroad as well to make a long story short we made a family decision and me and the boys found well I found a school for Lana up in Alabama and we made a family decision for me to leave my job and bring the boys out here so they could get better education. Mm. And both of them have been thriving. But again, that's not a decision I may have made with another woman because I've always felt I need my own money and my own job. And like, to give all that up, you know, I must really trust and, and love my wife and family. Looks <laughs> like it's happiness to me. Son's happiness to me, held him back another tear. That's tear of happiness. I got the the other one over here. (laughs) Well, and that does, you know, take a lot, you know, Michael, as just a man to say, hey, I'm going to walk away from being the provider, per se, Mm -hmm. but you're providing in a whole different way. And I'm sure that you've really learned a lot about yourself and about your children 
that given this time and space that you wouldn't have had in other situations. So hats off to you for that. How do you feel? You. <laughs> what, today about that? Yeah. I feel good. I thought it was a great family move because as of today, the um, my wife is now we're all together overseas. Relocated, she now works over her, and we're all together. The only thing missing is the two girls, but you know, as soon as as soon as Corinna is over, they'll be flying back and forth. Yeah, yeah. Mm, so today it's, it's been a great thing. Good. I wanted to just kind of comment. You had mentioned earlier in the interview growing up with your moms and your aunts and and pretty much women, how you were, in your opinion, maybe a little emotional, tune into your emotions more than perhaps someone else has them. But it's interesting now, years later, you're a father, a stay-at-home dad. And has that come full circle as far as being in tune with your emotions and things like that and, and having that connection with your kids? Yeah, you look at it like that, yes. And it's been a great journey. It's been a great journey, Kim. Mm. It's been different. It's definitely been different. Something that I had to get used to. But um, um, it ain't going to be like this forever, neither. As far as, you know, staying there, just me and the children or me and the boys right now. Mm-hmm. But um, um, I think it was a great thing. You know, there's so much opportunity out there, not only for the boys, but even myself. You know, I actually even went back to school and got started to do barbering. But a couple of things happened with immigration, so I didn't get to finish it. But I did learn how to cut. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me ask you this, Michael. Do you feel like you've kind of exhaled? Like you've kind of like just released a whole lot of things maybe you know from your past or whatever now in this season right now that you're in yes definitely mm. totally different space nowadays don't have none of the words that i had before wow and to be honest a lot of damn words and a lot of these stuff that i was caught up in before was self-inflicted mm. Mm-mm. Say it again, Michael. Yeah, it was self-inflicted. <laughs> well, with that being said, I just want to wrap it up and with the any advice for young fathers that are out there, especially once you at twenty-three. What advice would you or could you give them? I would just say um, time. I've always thought as a father, even listening and watching other guys' dilemmas with baby mamas, a lot of baby mamas' problems always money, 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 money. You have a lot of fathers out there that can afford or can pay or choose not to. Whatever your deal may be when it comes to money, I always feel what I have learned is time. Time's more precious than money. Mm-hmm. So as a father, if you can pay, put in the time. Mm-hmm. What woman's going to say, I mean, if a woman says oh, he don't give me no money and then tell her friend, yeah, but he has his son old, every week, all week or every weekend or, you know, just put in the time. That's what I recommend mm-hmm. to fathers coming up today, especially if you can pay. Have a reason it may be, even if it's because you choose not to. You can afford it, but you choose not to. Put in the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Well, I appreciate you, Michael, and happy Father's Day to you. Thank you, guys. Happy Father's Day. <laughs> Thank you for coming on. And I just want to say I, I appreciate you guys for having me. It's an honor and a pleasure to even know that I was considered. So, you know this, and you know this ain't my thing. So you two must be special. <laughs> I'm never heard Thank you. Both eyes are in. Yes, both eyes are in tears. <laughs> Thank well, you, Michael. Happy that you came on. Thanks, Michael. Happy Father's Day. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for joining us this week on Giving Head the podcast. And make sure you check us out on Instagram and Facebook for more information on this head episode. And as always, subscribe to the show to catch every new head episode and leave us a review so we can continue to bring you that good head. See you next time. Ciao for now. Bye.